Hello, everyone, and welcome to Think Yourself Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Heather Duranja. Let's dive into today's episode. Well, hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have special guest, Dr. Jess Petros. Dr. Jess is a former conventional medical doctor who left the system to pursue root cause answers for her patients after training in functional medicine, ozone, and Gerson therapy. Today, she is considered a pioneer in detoxing and environmental medicine, mold, and Lyme disease, and runs her own website app for those wanting to know how to become their own best doctor. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Jess. I truly appreciate it. And I, yes, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I absolutely have to commend you. I love the fact that you are all about empowering others to become the experts of themselves. I absolutely love this. Isn't that the theme these days, you know, be your own best expert everywhere. Like you really should do research, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I know for myself with my own health and wellness journey, that's what brought me to where I'm at today was getting diagnosed with a chronic disease, not being able to get health insurance, and then being told that I only had five years before I was either going to need transplant or dialysis. Whoa. For me, it was a blessing in disguise to not be able to get health insurance because it opened up the door for me to start pursuing knowledge and information that I could then later utilize to really empower my own journey, health journey. And I'm really excited that 28 years from that original diagnosis, I have just bought immense quality life and have become the expert of myself. And as a practitioner, that's what I, I try to strive to help others do as well. Uh, I'm clapping. I'm clapping right now. You can't see me, but I'm totally clapping because that's just beautiful. It's just perfect. I wish every one of my clients and patients would have that proactivity and that beautiful perspective. Well, I think with, you know, consistent, um, conversations and education around it. I I think that there's a, you know, potential for at least more individuals in in the future becoming their own best experts. Agreed. So Dr. Jess, tell me a little bit about you and your journey that brought you to where you're currently at today. Absolutely. So my journey is, was a wild ride. Let's preface it that way. Um, (laughs) It starts after medical school and I, you know, I did an internal medicine residency. I went through conventional medical school. I believed everything they taught me. I believed everything was in our genes. We really just didn't know it was a crapshoot if you were going to get sick or not. And food didn't have much to do with it. That was sort of the energy when I was in school. Um, And then I actually when I got out, I was a board certified hospitalist, which is a newer specialty that since the primary care doctors don't have time to go to the hospital anymore to see patients, they're too busy in outpatient settings. They hire hospitalist teams to admit their patients when they become sick and take care of them for the interim in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And, um, it was really during that time of almost seven years that there was just cracks in the system for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was slowly, slow and insidious, right? That painful burn that something's wrong, kind of. And it came really from me reading online and doing my own research and seeing that nutrition didn't did matter. And I hadn't really been properly taught about it. So I became a disruptive physician, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would go down in the cafeteria. They probably hated me. And I would be like, you know, why are you feeding this processed, you know, oil and sugar and, you know, pesticide sprayed food to these cancer patients? Right. Um, why are there Coca-Cola and Pepsi contracts in the hospital? It's so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. And they really, the answer they gave me was, you know, this is the way healthcare is right now. We know it's broken, but these are contracts and it's, it's just the way it is. And it just wasn't good enough for me. I just couldn't keep my mouth shut. So I would complain about patients being on 30 medications and being on something for a year when it said the package insert said it should only be six months. And they basically sent me down, you know, the hospital's team sent me down in Portland and said, you know, if you keep saying these things and <laughs> writing these things in the chart, um, then we're going to have to let you go. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was already pretty miserable. It wasn't aligned. And so I just quit. And um, I probably wouldn't have done it as quickly as I did it had I known the repercussions of how there isn't a ready-made system for any sort of integrative or functional medicine outside of conventional medicine. You really have to be your own best businesswoman too. Yeah. Uh, right? So I made like a third of my salary. I was living with a friend. I was shadowing naturopathic doctors every day and, take, and really going back to school. Um, mm-hmm you know, but it was a sacrifice that was well worth it in the end. Cause I'm really happy now. Wow. That's fabulous. I, I love that. I love the fact that you intuitively knew the system was broken. It wasn't working for you and your heart was not aligned with providing that kind of protocol and care with individuals for myself. Self, this is also why I left the clinical world because as a registered dietitian, Going into a hospital setting and having a conversation with someone who just had a triple bypass and then, you know, being told that I'm supposed to educate them on low fat options and minimizing fat in their diet and promoting that they eat the, you know, these processed high carbohydrate type of Mm -hmm. food, um, just, it literally broke my heart and, I found myself feeling really resentful and angry and uh, losing the passion for wanting to help people because I knew that what I was teaching or what I was being encouraged to teach was bullshit. And so (laughs) I started speaking my truth and saying, hey, you know, we need fat in the diet and we need to minimize these carbohydrates and and whatnot. Um, like you, I started getting reprimanded and they were like, Hey, you're going against the USDA and the FDA guidelines for what we're supposed to be recommending to individuals. And this is a problem. You are becoming a problem for us. And so ultimately I had to also make the choice to walk away from the clinical world, which was what I thought I wanted so badly originally was, you know, to wear that white coat and be in the hospital and help empower (laughs) individuals. But it really um, was quite the opposite of what I thought I was going to do and the impact that I was going to make on individuals being motivated to better their health. Yes. um, I applaud you for having the courage to walk away. It's not an easy thing, especially when 
we've spent so much time, so much money, so Mm. much, you know, just so much of our life, um, invested in this idea of being this clinical practitioner and then realizing, huh, this isn't where I'm supposed to be can be hard. Yeah. I think there's a lot of practitioners who are going to have identity crises because we've identified so much with our labels, unfortunately. And I want to applaud you too, because it's a hard thing to do to see, to pull back that curtain on Oz. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just tell you too, I I have mad respect for registered dietitians. My mom was one. Oh, that's Um, awesome. Yes. And so I grew up, you know, meeting her at the hospital and you know, she loved what she did. She placed NJ tubes as well and worked on the oncology unit, the cancer unit. And, um, you know, I joke with her now, like, you know, the food pyramid, it's like, it's like fiction. It's like Santa Claus. Right. right? (laughs) But, you know, back then it's what they taught all of us, you, me, all of us. Well, I mean, the truth is, is we were all, we were all tricked, right? The food pyramid we, we held as like this, um, this, ideal way of eating healthy. And the truth is, is that the whole idea of this is backed behind who's getting paid to make these recommendations. Amen. You know? And so when we look at the food pyramid and we see so much of what's being promoted coming from refined processed grains, uh, that are actually really wreaking havoc on our health. Um, it's, it's disturbing. It's really disturbing. It is. You know, I just never, it's just such a sweet innocence and naivety of humans to think (laughs) no one would hurt us. No one would teach us improper things or educate us improperly. It's such a sweet thing for us to think. Um, And I think we're all getting wise to the fact that perhaps we have been given half truths. Right. Especially in sick care. I don't even call it healthcare anymore. I like it. Unfortunately, that is a really great way of describing it because that's uh, pretty on point. It's very on point. (laughs) Yeah, I hate to say it. It makes me sad, you know, because I like you spent so much money and training in it, but I like truth more than anything. Absolutely. And it's funny that you say that because when I was going through my education process, I, I was very aware that majority of what I was going to be taught was biased based upon financial funding from these big food corporations, you know, to learn in school for them to teach me and say, drinking Coca-Cola is totally fine. The only potential (laughs) adverse, you know, consequence could be a cavity is formed and in the heart of my being, I knew that this was bullshit. I'm like, eh, I'm just not buying this. I'm having a hard time with this one. And then the more that, you know, I, I dove into the information and the education part, that's when I realized like how corrupt it, it really truly is. And, and again, like you said, we do, we are naively born into this belief system that we're safe, we're protected. And I feel like we have a false sense of security here in the U.S. more than any other country. And we have some of the poorest laws to protect us when it comes to our food and what's being added to our food. 
Oh, I know. And I feel like, you know, there's, that's when you start to look at the things in Europe and you see how the EU does a little bit better protection of the type of ingredients that go in their food. I mean, just things like Mac, Kraft Mac and cheese Mm -hmm. has, you know, like I think turmeric extract rather than like, you know, yellow number five or whatever. Right. Um, It's just a big difference. And I think if people were given that information broadly, they would start to see through this a lot, a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. But that, that's a, that's a really big threat to the profitability of these companies and, you know, their profit margins. So they're going to fight really hard to keep this information from, you know, common knowledge of the public and now more than ever, oh my gosh, what we're seeing happening with censorship. Oh, it's insanity. Yeah. I, I personally experienced this within my nonprofit and, um, that I'm part of, and it's, um, actually, it's actually staggering and, um, terrible because the type of censorship of actual people who are being deleted by, because of sharing their real lived experience Mm -hmm. is it's staggering. It is. Well, so you and I, I think it's pretty safe to say we would both consider ourselves holistic practitioners. Yes. And right now, what I'm seeing happen is that holistic practitioners are really being targeted and censored. I know even with my podcast, Mm. what, what has been happening, um, with the podcast in the last six months, um, it's just shocking to me, the power that these tech companies have at being able to monitor the information that's being shared and limit it from the masses. Yes, it's, it's nuts. And it's really, that's the thing is, you know, they don't want the conflicts of interest exposed. They Mm -hmm. don't, they don't, a lot of the millionaires have become billionaires All the billionaires have even crack themselves even higher in the half percent instead of the one percent. And it's really, it's really, um, about so many other things on top of what's being shown to the public on mass media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do we, you know, as educators, as practitioners, health practitioners, how do we help combat this? How, how do you and I step up and do what we can to support consumers and individuals out there so that they can get access to the information that they're being denied right now. Absolutely. It's so difficult. So, you know, there are a lot of people who have been targeted. Um, and, you know, if you go to those people and you search around, if they have a website, they should, they perhaps have a telegram channel that's, you know, not censored. That is where you can get a lot of the top tier censored information in my opinion right now mm-hmm. um, people are also on their websites you know if you like a certain character personality practitioner you know health coach whatever it is most of us have websites now and it's really good to see a lot of us blog a lot of us write um, there are wellness platforms and actually people are creating things called um, PMAs or professional membership associations. Uh-huh. And these are places where it's a private club. So you sign an NDA, you know, you actually um, have bylaws and it's protected by law privately. Wow. So yeah, it's like a, almost like a private supper club, you know? And yeah. so behind those closed doors and gateways, it is considered a private conversation. 
that it's it's just crazy isn't it that this is where we're at in these times (laughs) like we're having to start supper clubs to be able to speak truth and give you know the valuable information to people to help protect themselves and stay well yes it's it's (laughs) if you told me this like two to two and a half two and a half years ago I would have never believed you right I know I know it's, it's just, um, gosh, it's, it's crazy. It really is. So tell me a little bit, um, you now, if I am correct, you had gotten diagnosed with Lyme disease. Is that correct? No, I did not, but my fiance did. Um, and so I learned, um, a ton, you know, I already was treating Lyme and mold and things like that, but he taught me a ton because there's just a different perspective when you live with a patient that you didn't mean to be a patient. (laughs) Um, and it was, you know, a little job away from my job actually for a while. And dare I say, it was a little bit of a frictionary relationship because I had never, even as a doctor who's compassionate with that population, I had never quite witnessed the angst that they go through some, Mm -hmm. um, and it was hard, you know, especially in a romantic relationship, but he's all the way better now. And he's like a a new person. And so I want to give that hope to people that you are able to heal from these things that sometimes people tell you you can't heal from. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I know firsthand with my own health prognosis, when I was told that, you know, there was nothing I could do to really reduce the likeliness that I would be on transplant or dialysis within five years of getting diagnosed with IgA nephropathy. Hmm. And there was something intuitively inside me that said, I could not accept that as my truth. And you know, I asked the doctors, I said, is, you know, can I change my diet? Is there supplements I can take? And at that time, the only recommendation they had for me was to take 10 grams of fish oil daily to help maintain my kidney function. Wow. (laughs) And so back, and that was like in the early nineties. So you can only imagine the quality of fish oil back then. (laughs) Oh oh my gosh. So I did that. I did that for like five years. I took 10 grams of fish oil every single day, everything that I ate, drank, just, I burped nasty, nasty, rancid. Uh huh. Oh, it's there. It's awful. People don't understand. I know. And (laughs) after I got pregnant with my second daughter, that's when I said, you know what? I just can't do this anymore. And so I had stopped taking the fish, the uh, fish oil. But during that five years, I really leaned into healthier lifestyle behaviors, improving my diet, you know, improving my nutrition improving the fluids that I was drinking back when I got diagnosed, all I drank was Mountain Dew. I ate Cheetos, little Debbie snacks, Skittles, oh, oh man, you know, any kind of refined sugar I could get my hands on. <laughs> and so, and, and that's the way I had eaten majority of my life. I had been addicted to sugar at a very, very early age. I grew up in a really chaotic household, lots of drama, lots of trauma. Mm. And, um, 
you know, my parents were extremely busy. I'm the oldest. I have five younger siblings. And so I was responsible for providing, you know, our eat, our, our nutrition for all of us. Wow. So mac and cheese, you know, like I said, little Debbie snacks, cereals, those were, you know, the things that were utilized on a daily basis. And it wasn't until I started changing my nutrition habits where the depression and the anxiety that I had been plagued with since 11 years old finally started to lift. Wow. Wow. (laughs) You know, I'm like, whoa, what's this? What's happening here? (laughs) This energy coming from like, I had been chronically fatigued my whole damn life. So it was really amazing to me firsthand, just by slowly starting to adapt to healthier lifestyle habits at the major impact it had on my overall physical and mental well-being in a very short time. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, my mom always had us eat pretty healthy growing up, but by the time I was a doctor, I was taking diet Mountain Dews and Jimmy Dean light sausages to work to help heal people. So don't feel too bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, at least you were doing the diet and the light sausage. <laughs> right. I was trying. I, mean, I they probably just pack it more of, with more fillers and things. I don't and know. I'm- I am totally being a smart ass right now because you both know that any kind of light diet type foods have more chemicals than its counterparts. Absolutely. That's what makes up for the flavor and things. So, so bad. Yeah. I I lived on all that stuff in my twenties thinking it was the right way and Mm -hmm. never even thought to look at the label or read anything. Right. right? And then exactly like you wondered why I was anxious. Yeah. You know, there's a meme going around that I absolutely love. And it states people need to stop counting their calories and start reading the chemicals (laughs) in the packages of food. And I, I just, I feel like that is just so accurate. We really need to do a better job of educating around reading labels and looking at ingredients and the negative impacts that they're having. So I'm curious for someone who was trained conventionally (laughs) to switch over and become a pioneer in the detoxing and environmental world, how much, how easy was that of a transition? Was there a lot of cognitive dissonance that occurred initially? Or were you like, no, this feels right. And I'm all in. Yeah, I was pretty much all in um, because the people at the hospital didn't have good answers for me. They were like, we know it's broken and we can't do anything about it basically, Uh Um, but, but you can't act like this. So I had been, you know, on social media and people make lots of claims on there, but when it was health claims, I had the backing and the know-how to go research to see if it was true. And so what that did was open my eyes a lot because I could take care of the research on my own. Um, And I saw that a lot of the claims were true. A lot of them weren't right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it opened my eyes. I was all in, but the transition over was really rocky because, um, you know, I was shadowing 
people driving all over the place and really not making, like I said, a third of what I was making previously at the hospital without the insurance, without all the perks that they go ahead and take care of for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was very difficult the first couple of years until I sort of found my niche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I've always wanted to get to root cause medicine and root cause reasons for people. So that's really what led me down to like chronic Lyme, mold, parasites, biotoxin illness, sick building syndrome, because I felt like that was, it, you know, and a root cause for people that was being missed so much by conventional medicine. Mm-hmm. So we know that chronic inflammation is one of the, the root causes for a lot of these disease states, especially autoimmune issues that we're seeing so prevalent now. So when you're working with clients, um, kind of how do you, what's your approach with really diving in and getting to that root cause? Yeah, I, I spend a lot of time talking to people on the first appointment or the first time I, I saw them. I'm not, I'm not really doing one-on-ones anymore. I'm just, I'm finishing up now. But okay. um, when I was seeing people, obviously, um, I would spend probably an hour, hour and a half, depending on their chief complaints. Um, and in that time frame, I would really go back to all the way to their childhood mm-hmm. and trace their history for triggers, antecedents, any sort of, you know, bomb that could have set things off or started a slow trickle in, in the decline of their health. And in that time frame, once I get their full history, past medical history, any medications they're on, and we go through emotional trauma as well and stress and uh, sleep, all these things are addressed. Um, and then I screen their drainage pathways or detox pathways, which means um, their ability to innately dump toxins that we're exposed to on a daily basis. So there, I have specific questions for their bile, their liver, their lymph, their um, mitochondria, energy, their bowels, right? Any way that they can pretty much dump toxins is evaluated to see if it's working at peak performance. And most people, especially in this country, mm-hmm. um, have some sort of toxic load. And at some point, one of their pathways are stagnant or not working properly. For a lot of people, it's the liver, obviously. Um, for some people, it's they can't sweat, you know? Yeah. Um, that's a lot of people, they think it's great. And I'm like, no, it's not good if you can't sweat. Right. So, yeah. And so that's really important in seeing where you may need to tailor a protocol or an understanding, especially about where their, their body is the strongest and where their body is the weakest. This helps foster body intuition and connection, as well as helping the patient feel empowered about how they can understand their body and help you troubleshoot as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's, it's interesting to me because I feel like majority of people are so disconnected from how they're actually feeling and what their body is trying to tell them, you know, we're so overly stressed, time stressed, um, yeah. we just kind of numb out and we use food and technology and all of these other things to distract ourselves And we're not really listening to what the body is telling us. So for the average listener right now who, you know, um, maybe has all of the typical chief complaints, they're low energy, they're not sleeping well, they can't lose weight, they don't have a lot, you know, maybe they don't have a much of an appetite or they're doing a lot of binging in the evening. 
what kind of things would you encourage these individuals to start looking at to help maybe direct them towards what the root problem actually is? So I never think that it's the body. I always think it's the environment locally that the body is placed in um, that throws it out of homeostasis. And with women, for whatever reason, I feel like it's a little bit easier to throw off our metabolism. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously our thyroids are very sensitive by the time people come to see me, they have absolutely tailored their diets, no processed gluten, sugar, dairy, um, and are eating pretty, you know, pretty good wild caught fish, grass fed meat, um, and organic. Uh So their diet's not the problem. It's not really calories in calories out for them. And I have a tendency to believe my patients when they tell me those things, Um, (laughs) you know, and they've had had a full thyroid panel at this, at this point too, or or a partial thyroid panel for the most part. Um, So, you know, usually these things have already been addressed, but I just want to clear with everyone. These are just the typical things that need to be addressed right off the top of uh, top of the bat before you do anything else. Today's episode is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Most of us could use a little more energy in our day, but caffeine can only do so much. At some point, we have to look at root causes of our fatigue. Organifi creates delicious superfood blends that address both of these problems. They use adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms to help balance cortisol levels associated with stress, and they make it easier to add more nutrients into your day. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to www.organifi.com backslash Heather20 and use code Heather20 for 20% off your order. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving forward, you know, there's really something that's keeping your body out of normalcy or what I call homeostasis. And that can be a number of different things. Usually I tell people, if you have something that's not really diagnosable, but you have all these things, you know, are wrong and doctors are ignoring you, or let's say you do have autoimmunity or a chronic disease, you know, there's only really four things in my opinion that really cause chronic preventable diseases. And that is stealth pathogens, um, corporate man-made toxicities and heavy metals, which often attract the pathogens Mm. and emotional trauma and childhood stress and childhood trauma, those type of things. Mm -hmm. And really that's all there is. And if those are ignored or overlooked, you'll continue to throw band-aids at the problem. Mm -hmm. So I would tell these women, make sure you look at those, those areas, make sure that your house is looked at because many, many women have mold in their house and cannot lose weight for that reason. That's one of the toxins that I always address for for example. Tell me a little bit more about that. Talk to the, talk to me a little bit more about mold and where potential molds are coming from, what to look for, how to even get started. Well, you know, mold can grow on a lot of processed foods too, but that's usually not the root cause that can be a kind of an additional problem that people, if they haven't tailored their diet or, you know, looked at how mold can grow on corn and berries and chocolate and things like that can be an issue. But mm-hmm. moreover, it's, it's, it's really not, it's not the food. It's, it's usually the house. It's usually a water damaged home that they have lived in or are currently living in. Um, And there's a specific group of people. We think about 20 to 25% that has a, a genotype that doesn't let them recognize the mycotoxins that the mold is making. And they're not able to get the spores out of their, you know, nasal passages, for example, 
or lungs or mucous membranes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and after a while, mold has, it, it acts as a chemical warfare agent, actually. It's, it can spin the body into a, an overdominance of the innate immune system. Once mm-hmm. one side of the body sees the problem, the other one doesn't. So the body's completely imbalanced. And once that happens, it's sort of a sitting duck for other parasites, bacteria, viruses, all of these things. In fact, I, I truly feel this is a risk factor for COVID. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So then let me ask you, what are your thoughts around coffee and potential exposure to mold and mycotoxins uh, through coffee use? Yeah, you know, normally coffee in general, when it's brought into the country, all of it's fumigated. So that's the, that's the that's the terrible part about it that I hate to break people's hearts. So, <laughs> and especially if you have trouble with your cortisol access in the morning or you're super fatigued or you know you have mitochondrial issues, I don't really I think that coffee should be cut out. Not maybe forever, but at least temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and in general, if you're dealing with mold, same thing. Um, there is some other um, alternatives possibly. For example, Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee, he had SIRS or chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which is sick building syndrome from mold, very serious. And so his, that was his motivation in creating a mold-free coffee. Um, there's also something called King Coffee that's made by Organo. Okay. And that's 80,000 reishi spores. Wow. Yeah. And so it tastes a little more bitter than coffee, but it's like, um, it almost acts like a nootropic for the brain. Wow. I'll have to get back and try. I actually haven't tried Kings. Uh, That's interesting. So you mentioned sick building syndrome. Yes. What is this? (laughs) So Dr. Richie Shoemaker is, I guess I would call him the grandfather of sick building syndrome and chronic inflammatory response syndrome. He's a doctor who's up in the, I can't remember what state, Massachusetts, Maine. He's up in new England. And basically he was seeing patients come in with these, this sort of, um, brain fog, static shocks on the skin, um, you know, almost like they, they all felt, so they felt like they were getting Alzheimer's and it was this actual fungus in the water called Fisteria. And so he actually gave an elderly lady a, a prescription called cholestyramine, which is a binder, but it's an old school prescription for cholesterol, high cholesterol. And she, she came back in to see him as a follow-up and he said, how's your cholesterol? And she said, well, I, I, it's better, you know, but the real, the real news here is that my brain fog, my joint pains and, um, the, the Alzheimer's symptoms I was having have reversed. And so what he did was dive headfirst into scientific research. He's very much on the side of prescribing prescriptions for these people where I, I feel you can do it holistically and I do this holistically successfully. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mold is and sick building syndrome are referring to the way that modern day building practices have really impacted our health negatively. And, you know, you think about what goes into building a house and all of us don't sit around and think about this. So you think about it with me right now. So we build our houses open to the elements where it rains on the wood. And that likely never dries. We also are using volatile organic compounds, which are what mycotoxins and mold make that make us sick and damage and break our DNA. We're using that in paint. We're using that in adhesives. We're using that in our carpets, flame retardants as well, in new furniture, right? So, and then if there's any water damage or, the, or let's say it happened when the house was being built or you build your house on a rising damp, all of these things, you can imagine it's like a little 
mold toxin hot box, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there are a lot of people who have multiple chemical sensitivity and mast cell activation disorder, and they're very sensitive to toxins and mold. And I'm sure there are a number of people listening who are nodding their heads right now. Mm-hmm. And so putting them in a new home with a lot of brand new adhesives and paints and volatile organic compounds, or even an older home where there's been water damage that hasn't properly been remediated is um, a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the studies are showing that. Wow. You know, I, earlier, early on in this conversation, you had mentioned that when you went through conventional training, that you were taught that disease is genetic, but what we've learned, I I would say what we've, you know, discovered over the last several decades is that really it's more about the environment that's contributing to our chronic diseases. I know for myself, when I got diagnosed with my autoimmune kidney disease at that time, you know, I had this genetic mutation I inherited, but it was really the environment that allowed for this disease to present in my body. I was overly stressed. I was utilizing recreational drugs, specifically crystal meth at that time. I was not drinking, you know, fluids. I would go days without drinking water. If I did drink, it was Mountain Dew. I wasn't getting adequate. (laughs) I feel you. I feel you, girl. Mountain Dew. (laughs) Back in the day. (laughs) And so for me now, I understand how this happened and then through changing my environment and really focusing on the lifestyle habits, I've been able to maintain a high quality of life. It's been 28 years since I got that diagnosis. They told me I had five years that I was going to be on dialysis or transplant. And when I go to my doctors, especially my nephrologist, and I have my checkups, they're always like, who the hell are you? And how have you done this? You know, and for me, it's really exciting because I, it hasn't been hard. (laughs) Oh, it hasn't been hard. I slowly started changing things and building that solid foundation that allowed for me to have a sustainable, healthy lifestyle that has given me 28 years of quality to my life. When people see, they always laugh. They're like, um, they always say, I have, I have two daughters, 25 and 20. And so when they'll meet, when they meet us, they're always like, oh, you know, are you guys sisters? And my daughters, they, they'll get irritated. (laughs) They'll be like, that's our mom. And I laugh because they'll, they'll be like, wow, you look so young. And I'm like, well, you know, I appreciate that. That's a great compliment. However, this is what aging is supposed to look like. Correct. (laughs) This is supposed to look like, like I'm not doing anything, you know, exceptional drinking from some fountain of youth. I'm just doing the things that help to support my overall health and my body's ability to regenerate itself in appropriate amount of time. So reducing that toxic load, in my opinion, is one of the best things that we can do to quote unquote, reverse the aging process. Oh, absolutely. And you you, yeah, you hit on a good point too. Almost like keys on a piano, our genes can be turned on or off. And just because you have a gene doesn't mean it's expressing itself. Right. And even if your parents pass the gene on to you and it's active, what what turn their genes on offer on, you know, something, right. 
Right. I really love that. Yeah. And in all reality, I feel like with that conventional kind of, you know, programming we've had with it all being genetic, it's really favored us to be the victim. And Uh when we're the victim, we don't empower ourselves and we don't take action on the things that are necessary to support our desired goals and outcomes. So for you to be so such an advocate for empowering your clients to become their own best doctor, that is so powerful because it removes the victim mentality. And it teaches individuals that they truly have the power of determining their health outcomes. And to me, that's like the most powerful, ah, just like this fire that gets lit under my ass. Like, oh my God, we all have this potential. We can all do this. Yes, that's right. I totally believe that too. I love it. Yes. It's about activating yourself. And it's, it's a level of self-love as well, I think. Oh, without a doubt. And I also love the fact that you recognize childhood traumas and, um, evaluating those with your, your clients, your patients, because in my opinion, you know, um, well, you and I could have some really great conversations, especially talking about stress response and how trauma, you know, plays a role in stress response and how that impacts our nervous system functioning and specific hormones that are released into the bloodstream that ultimately alter the pH of our blood. And then we create what are called metabolic acids that Mm -hmm. then get lodged into the mitochondria of our cell, creating disruption. And so when I originally started talking about this, you know, with other medical practitioners, they're like, you're a fucking quack. What are you talking about? Like, are you really telling people this? Yeah, it's It's, terrible. They don't understand. They don't understand mitochondrial damage. Sometimes it's the same thing as an overabundance of reactive oxygen species Mm -hmm. and a need for antioxidants because there's free radicals. When you say things like that about the mitochondria, they'll listen to you, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I love that you are so passionate and adamant about really educating individuals on those initial root causes that contribute to the genetic mutations turning on. So what kind of environmental toxins um, I guess if you had to give the audience just, um, three non-negotiables, three, <laughs> three easy things that they can do to minimize environmental toxins, what advice would you have? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I love this question. So it's really a lot easier than, than everyone out there might think it's, it's not this hard and difficult thing. And you can just do one thing, you know, every week, every other day, whatever you feel comfortable with. And pretty soon you'll have a revamped life eventually. Mm -hmm. If you continue to change things, you don't have to do everything overnight. I just want to stress that to people. So it's my, probably my top 10, like xenoestrogen, xenobiotics to avoid or things like dioxins and PCBs, flame retardants, BPA, which is in plastics, phthalates, um, things in the water, like chlorine, perchlorates, um, pesticides, 
And then some heavy metals, maybe like mercury, lead, arsenic, these things are really can help um, alter our DNA in a negative way, even pull our hormones and cause a lot of hormonal issues for men and women. Mm. Um, right. And so where are these things found? Where are these things found, especially in your home, which is where you have the most control over what's there. They're obviously found in food, which we touched on a little bit. They're also found in things like carpet and paint, which we talked in a little bit about a little bit. And there are healthy alternatives to carpet and paint, removing carpet completely. There are some really non-toxic paints out there. Things like air fresheners, blade plugins, Febreze, all of those things. Febreze actually contains a number of different carcinogens. It doesn't get rid of the smell. It just encases it in a chemical bubble. Um, right. A lot of these scentsies and Febreze's and things like that are really toxic, volatile, organic compounds. Again, even dryer sheets and laundry detergents, um, you know, dishwashing liquid, all those things have, there's a reason they don't have the ingredients listed on them all the time. And some of the things like even seventh generation admirers can be a little bit greenwashed. We want to look for things um, that really brag about their products. I really love branch basics um, for health. I love them, right? They're amazing. Yes. Amazing. Uh, and their products are so versatile. Yep, they oh. sure are. And you guys don't have to worry about it. I mean, it's like a, a little mom and um, daughter team who came up with this and they're amazing with the ingredients they use. Yeah. And so, so look for people like this because they're out there and they want to brag about their ingredients not hide them from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you know, people who really clean their house with these toxic chemicals, they have a lot of eczema and allergies mm-hmm. and that's because they're killing their gut and their skin microbiome. Yeah. Well, and then also what kind of impact is, you know, is the exposure to those household cleaning, um, cleansers that how is that impacting mental health, cognitive function? Oh, right. I, because a lot of these things like pesticides and all these volatile organic compounds, they're very lipophilic, which means they love the fat. Uh-huh. And our brain is made of fat. It's 70% fat. And so you see a lot of neurocognitive decline, a lot of aging and early, these early neurologic diagnoses. And you have to wonder if it's not due to all these persistent organic pollutants that hide in the fat tissue. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I'm, you know, it's a shame for me to say this, but my grandmother, God bless her. She was uh, a chronic cleaner <laughs> growing oh. my whole life. She was one of those individuals that never could sit still. She constantly had a cleansing spray in her hand and a, in a rag And when she got into her early fifties, that's when I noticed that her cognitive function really changed. She's now in her mid eighties. And I kind of joke with my mom, you know, I'm, I'm always saying, well, it's all those damn cleansers. Like they destroyed her brain, her, her cleaning destroyed her cognitive health, but there's truth to that, which is frightening. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, we joke about these types of things, but it makes it, it really makes me pause and wonder. Um, we all are pretty much know about how bad like Roundup Ready and Monsanto and pesticides are now because of all the, all the, all the talk and the education. Um, but we don't know, we don't think about all of the other household cleaners we've grown up to see like commercials, right? With these things that make the us feel warm and fuzzy about them and the smells that come with them. Right. So <laughs> one last question I have for you before I let you go. 
What are your thoughts around, you know, perfume use? I know Mm. that a lot of young women specifically are constantly spraying perfumes and different body sprays on them to, you know, give themselves this awesome smell. What are your thoughts? (laughs) What are your thoughts to the, to these women who are utilizing these on a regular basis? How potentially harmful can these be? They're pretty bad, actually. Um, yeah, they a lot of these smells that smell good are again volatile organic compounds. They're they're chemical chemicals, man-made chemicals put together that are not good for you at all. Um, unfortunately, I hate to tell people that. You know, I used to love Bath and Body Works, but I, I was I wasn't chemically sensitive. You know, and nowadays you have kids go in there; they can't even be in there because they get brain fog and headaches and queasy immediately. And yeah. that's telling all of us. It's not just telling them; it should be telling all of us. Hey, there's something here that's not good for us, and this person is warning me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you are just an incredible wealth of knowledge. I could honestly just talk to you all day, pick your brain. <laughs> um, you, you, I have to applaud you for having the courage to step away from the conventional approach and pursue what your heart and soul truly desired. And um, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and the knowledge that you're sharing, you know, with your individual clients, as well as your social media and website platforms. Thank you so much for everything that you do. We truly appreciate it. We need you. We need your voice. We need your expertise. So tell the audience where they can find Dr. Jess. Thank you so, so much. I feel the same way about you because it takes a village to do proper education. So for those out out there interested in hearing more from me, there are levels to getting to interact with me here. Um, Heather mentioned my social media. I'm pretty active on Instagram, Dr. Dr. Period, Jess period, MD. Um, And then same for over on Facebook, Dr. Jessica Petros. And that's free information that I I really write a lot. I'm pretty verbose. So you guys can learn over there. Um, If you'd like more, I have a website, Dr. Jess MD. I have an FAQ over there. You guys submitted questions and I provided answers. And I even have a how to do my trademark protocol, Kill Bind Sweat, which helps with mold. Um, Yeah. And then the final tier, if you want more, is I have a subscription app on my website. Um, There are different levels to that too, but basically we do professionally filmed courses, webinars bi-monthly with me. Um, You can submit a question and I'll answer it. We have a community forum, almost like a social media. And I do root cause quickies where you guys can ask for chronic diseases and I research and find out reasons behind them. Oh, I love this. I really feel strongly that this is going to be the new wave of education and how individuals are going to really be able to get access to the information that will empower them to take their health into their hands and increase their quality of life. So thank you for being a pioneer in this, uh, in this arena and, um, offering these kind of services to individuals. I um, encourage everyone to definitely follow her on social media, check out her website, utilize all of those free, free resources that are available. And um, I will make sure to link all of that into the show notes. So it makes it easy for individuals to find you. 
Thank you so, 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 so much, Heather. And for those who want the app, it's app.drjessmd.com. Perfect. So tell me what are three of your non-negotiables when it comes to your healthy lifestyle habits? Good question. Um, I definitely exercise off the top of my head. Um, I do, I work out five to six days a week. It's my mainstay in keeping myself sane, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just a habit. So also eating healthy fruits and vegetables daily is really important to me. Um, I know the benefits of, and the vitamin and mineral content that runs every single reaction in our body when broken down into the building blocks. And so it's really important for me to keep my diet on point too. And lastly, you know, I, I've been in such fire fight for most of my life in school and, and just very young and a driving force in getting things done. And it's really important to me now at this age to find a time to, to be in parasympathetic mode. And find a find time to be a human being rather than a human doing, right? Uh, right, and uh, that's real balance to me because driving all the time didn't get me what I wanted all the time. Sitting in silence and letting the universe give me intuitive hits was just as good as me driving my force all the time. So yeah. That, that yeah, that's important. I I love that, and that's such a such a important thing to to really bring awareness around, especially. You know, I, I believe that you and I probably have a lot of type A uh, personality tendencies, you know, perfectionism, those kind of things that really help support us staying in that chronic state of fight or flight. So I know for myself, trying to lean into that parasympathetic nervous system response was absolutely <laughs> challenging. It was so hard. But in the end, with my small efforts and being consistent with that, it's allowed for me to be able to override that default state of always being in that fight or flight and being more in a parasympathetic nervous you know, response now, which is a beautiful gift, but I don't think it's something that is easy for individuals to give themselves permission to start pursuing because of societal pressures and standards and programming that, that we've um, been accustomed to. Right. I completely agree. It was, I didn't even realize how off kilter I was until, uh-huh. you know, you start digging into it and you're like, whoa, this was my new baseline. And I didn't even know. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> and I could talk to you for days. There's so many, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to do a, a part two, if you're open to it, there's so much we could dive into. Oh, I know. We'll have to do a follow-up maybe. (laughs) Love it. Well, Dr. Jess, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. I know that there are all kinds of just really valid um, stuff that we've shared today that connects with the audience. And for anyone who has really um, just liked what Dr. Jess is, is chatting about. I encourage you to reach out to her and, um, check out her work. It's she's, she's an expert. Thank you so much. It's so flattering. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Well, thank you again. I appreciate your time. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the think yourself healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.